The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the pen, to the five, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. Three for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. <laughs> Keenan Allen for the touchdowns. Throws, and again, it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another oh. one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. Zach is back in action. Baseball's in yeah. full swing. Padres are not playing very well They're trash. at all. What is what is going on? No, no, Manny's got a broken finger or something like that. Yeah, what's, Manny what's hit the IL. Baseball in general, the baseball in general, I, just the Padres in general. I have no idea. I to my the Padres are stinking. Um, they have no type of consistency. They've been. I'm not going to give any excuses. They're playing horrible. They need to play better. Now they have had a lot of injuries. But I'm not buying it. They're way too talented to be where they're way at right now. Um, I know it's a couple weeks. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's well, hitting. it's everything. Um, they're 15 and two when they score four or more runs. The thing is, there's no type of consistency. If the bats are there, the pitching's horrible. And if the pitching's horrible, there's no offense. So I, I know a couple games ago, Bob Melvin didn't let anybody out of the locker room for like two hours. Um, they were like due for press and media releases, two hours um earlier and they were still in there so hopefully he was yelling at them hopefully the the tide turns here they got a big series against um the red sox starting tonight so i don't know a lot needs to to start clicking for the padres the thing the beauty of baseball is there's 180 games so they have plenty of time to figure that out but um wearing wearing my hat to help spark some life into them because they look dead right now they are so dead uh, before we get into this episode, we're, we're going to be talking about the Chargers' top three draft picks. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to bring in, and I'll present my screen so everybody can look, but I found this guy. His name's uh, Jay Fitters on Instagram, and he's got a pretty legit store going on right now. Uh, let me go ahead and share this. All right, so Jay Fitters, this guy sells a ton of throwback jerseys i mean you can think of any era he's got them broken down here a lot of cool items in here uh some some stuff that's kind of hard to find like you don't find humphrey jerseys i haven't seen a humphrey's jerseys at a game i don't think ever right uh he's got some cool patches in here uh, a lot of just cool throwback stuff he actually will create some of his own uh jerseys where he's gone and and press this image on the jersey which is kind of cool something a little bit different um if you use a code SHOCKTHERAPY5, it'll save you $5 off of his store. Uh, a lot of cool items in here. Not just jerseys, but, I mean, some throwback uh, uh, windbreakers. Uh, he'll have some hats on there. He breaks it down by by 
individual uh, eras of, of, of football. I mean, That's here's cool. a Lionel James jersey out of stock. You see that he he sells a lot of stuff. He's got a Dan Fouts here, like a, an old school Dan Fouts jersey, like stuff that you can't really find very easily, even on eBay. Cool little patch on here. I think this is like a size small or something like that, but still like it's, it's a pretty cool store. Somebody that I've kind of wanted to kind of partner with and kind of help uh, boost his uh, viewership and people coming on. Like, look at this Allworth Jersey here, dude. Like this thing is sick, stitched, super clean, super nice. You can see some of the stitching in here. You know, he's got the, the Mitchell and Ness, just a lot of cool stuff, man. Like, I, I really just like to go onto a store sometimes just to see what he has out there. Um, all these different eras. Like, look at this. <laughs> look at this jacket. <laughs> How vintage is that? Something I think I could see, like, Don Curiel wearing, right? Or, like, a night. It reminds me of, like, an 80s ski jacket. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Is there an agent here made in Hong Kong? That's interesting. Size medium. I mean, just so much stuff onto this store, dude. It's just kind of fun to go in and just take a look at it. You know, John Butler Memorial Patch. Like, where are you going to find that at? He sold a couple cool old school sale jerseys. I mean, look at this beautiful thing here, man. That's nice. It looks like it's multiple. Oh no, there's just the lighting there. It's so sick. It is. It's insane how cool some of this stuff is. Even his pictures are kind of legit. Oh, this one was cool. Was it this one? It wasn't this one. So, like I said, he he'll go and uh, iron on these patches of like you know, like how cool is that to to be able to get a, a cool patch um, ironed on to straight onto the jersey. Uh, this one. So he decked out this girl's jersey but if you look at it it's actually sparkles <laughs> never watched this thing right but like it's kind of cool so just something i kind of wanted to pop out here he's created some of his own um shirts ironed on some of these um these little graphics onto here um go check out his store you can find it um at j fitters uh he posts all this stuff onto his um Instagram, go on to Instagram, look at Jay Fitters, take a look at some of the stuff he's got. Look at this Charlie Joyner jersey. Just kind of a cool guy. He had a, a, a game day, which these are really hard to find, these game day programs. Oh, look, look out. I want that jersey, dude. <laughs> oh, you're not even seeing this. I'm on a different um, thing. Anyways, I'm, I'm sharing a, uh, a tab. But it's just a, a lot of cool stuff, man. So Shock Therapy 5 will save you 5%. Uh, and let's go ahead and get into – I lose you at all, Zach? There you go. Uh, let's get into this. So let's uh, – I saw most little, of it. Yeah, let's talk about the Chargers' uh, first-round draft pick. Let's start with Quentin Johnston, who's a player I really wasn't expecting the Chargers go and draft. Um what are your thoughts on Quentin Johnson? I know we got to talk a little bit about him on the the podcast we went on to during the actual NFL draft. Um, do you think that he's the piece that we kind of were were needing, looking for? Yeah, um, I think I think everybody was a, a little shocked with it because I thought 
don't know. Everyone on the outside know what the team wants. Um, and at the end of the day, being a fan is more about what you as opposed to probably better for the team. And so I know a lot of people wanted Zay Flowers. Um, he doesn't fit the mold to once. So what he do? He goes in the big body receiver, Quentin Johnson, 6'3", 215, big boy. But he does give us the vertical presence and, most importantly, the yard-after-catch presence that we're missing. I think he's going to be an excellent complement with Keenan as, as the true slot guy with, with um, Mike Williams and his progression into superstardom being the contested catch specialist he is but also adding to his game now you got a guy who can get you deep who knows how to stack defenders who has the speed the explosiveness at 6'3 this guy has a 40 inch vertical runs a 4.5 this dude is, is checks all the boxes from like a physical standpoint and as after once the ball gets into his hands that's when johnson becomes a problem he has to turn a nothing into a touchdown a home run play um this guy forced 19 missed tackles last year on just, on 60 receptions. That's at six on top of three, that, that's not nearly normal. 18. No, he's shifty. The dude is hard to take down. Um, he let it was second in the nation with 8.7 yards after the catch, nearly 18 yards per catch. Um, now where he struggles is with focus on catches. Um, he has 30 drops during his TCU career. Last year he had eight drop catches alone more than touchdowns so a, a, nearly 12 percent catchable or drops on catchable passes thrown his way so it does need to work on that you you took a flyer on his athleticism his ability to change the game when the ball's in his hands that's what the chargers were missing and as a guy who's going to be the third best receiver fourth best option you know after eckler and fifth maybe after if you're going to count tight one there he's going to get plenty of opportunities to ease into his role he has all of the the physical tools to eventually develop into a number one receiver but he has the luxury of time and a great great supporting cast and a superstar quarterback throwing in the ball um i can't wait to see number one in action getting comfortable with the playbook learning from keenan allen and mike williams um and then being able to build that bond with justin herbert i i think it's going to be fantastic and i, I really can't wait to see that in action you know, I feel like the Chargers really have a fascination for size at the wide receiver position. Keenan Allen, 6'2", Mike they Williams, 6'4", Josh Palmer and Jalen Geithner, both 6'1". Uh, each of them has a special element that they bring to that wide receiver core, but none of them really boast that dynamic run-after-the-catch ability. Adding Quentin Johnson at 6'3", um, not the typical big-body receiver that you're usually accustomed to. He's got more finesse to his game. Uh, than his size would typically suggest. Um, but he's he's got enough speed. He's not explosive speed, but it's enough to not get caught from behind. 4-5, 240-yard dash at the combine. You talked about that 40-inch vert. That's insanely, like, high. Like, he gets up and, and out of there. Uh, though His jumping ability ranked in the 95th percentile of all uh, wide receivers um, going back to however long the relative athletic score has been uh, you know, measuring that type of thing. Uh, he's got kind of decent above average hands, 9.6 inch hands. So he's got big hands to come down with some contested grabs. It's kind of shocking that he's got those, those drop issues, concentration issues. Right. But he's a lighter guy, 208 pounds. Um, 
he just he checks all the measurable boxes physically in a draft class that really lacked size. And that was a big reason why the Chargers probably yeah. went and pulled the trigger because after him, they probably felt like they could get a speedy wide receiver, which they did in the fourth round. We'll talk about him uh, next week. Statistically speaking, 60 receptions, um, 1,069 yards, six touchdowns, which is a, a big boost in production from years past. Uh, he had like less than that um, over the first two years of his career. Uh, really had some troubles at the quarterback position, which uh, we drafted him too. So we'll talk about him uh, <laughs> next week as well. Uh, but on film, he's got that rare size, strength, speed to really be a threat. Uh, ran a lots of under routes, curls, drags, things of that nature, in addition to hit some of his deeper streaks and posts. Uh, over 80% of his snaps came from outside. That's where he projects to play for us next season. Probably more of like a true Z wide receiver, somebody you're going to move into motion um, and, and stack him uh, behind Keenan Allen. Um, they trusted him in a lot of quick passing concepts, uh, allowed him to get the ball in space and really become a threat as a runner because he's not your typical big 6'3 type of wide receiver. Uh, deep ball specialist, he's really good at tracking the ball uh, really contorts, make some special grabs, and he had to come back to the ball quite a bit and make some tough grabs. Uh, he's a long strider, uh, maintains his distance when he gets some separation. Um, that size, leaping ability to beat most defenders at the catch point. I just wish that he always used that jumping ability and that aggressiveness to go and get the ball because I feel like he lets it slide into him like he's trying to catch it over his shoulder instead of turning around, going up and being the big man that he is and plucking the ball out of the air. It's just not what he does. It's just, it's weird, right? Um, you're looking at like some smaller wide receivers, Josh Downs, Jane Reed, Zay Flowers. They all caught contested catches above 50% of their contested catch targets. Um, he only caught 34% of his contested catches. So that's kind of a big issue with him. Um, I think some of those issues might be just ball placement, right? Like having to try to catch the ball behind him or, you know, the quarterback really throwing into a position where he's not going to, to win a lot of those matchups uh, or putting it in a place where he can. Uh, the drop issues, the concentration stuff can be kind of fixed, but he's just not the type of wide receiver you'd expect to be a rack wide receiver. And it's kind of like a um, – it's almost kind of like a downside to me because like he's not super agile. He just knows how to use the spacing around him and, and create for himself when uh, he's got some space in, in front of him. So I don't know. What are your total expectations for him going into this year? Is he going to be your wide receiver three? Is he going to play uh, over Josh Palmer or is he a future type of guy? I honestly think, Based on how we, how we played last year, based on what we need, I think teams are going to be hyper-focused on Keenan, Mike Williams. They're going to respect Eckler's pass-catching ability. And I think he's going to see a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups. I could see him being the number two or three fantasy point scorer on this team, not including Justin Herbert, because I don't think it's fair. As like the skill position players, I think he has – the potential to get six touchdowns this year and if the and all of those touchdowns are going to be explosive 20 yard 20 yarders just based on we have 
available in other areas. He's not going to be a red zone threat because of the ability to consistently bring down contested catches. But I, I have a lot of faith in this guy, especially because his biggest knocks, his drop passes, his, un- his inability to go get contested catches. To me, it is less about the, the ball placement and all about his his technique. He waits for the ball to get on him, and you've alluded to it, especially on, on deep balls. Instead of going up and getting it, he kind of naturally lets it fall to him. He lets it, even when he's open, he does the same type of thing. He lets it get into his chest plate, and that has led to an abundance of drops. So getting his technique solidified at the NFL level, it'll take some time. Just getting his hands out, using those nine, nearly 10-inch hands to go out and pluck the ball out of the air as opposed to letting it come to you, that's fixable. He's athletic enough to get around that. And what we needed was what he's great at, his ability to take the ball and make something special happen. I I, I really anticipating Kellen Moore to use him early on as a slant, a crosser, get him the ball and see what he can do to build that before we start using them as a true deep threat, but people are going to have to respect them because the dude is explosive and he knows how to stack his defenders. And so he's going to be a, he's going to be a threat right out the bat, especially because he's not going to be the primary focus. Right. Um, I think he's going to come in as the fourth wide receiver in this rotation behind Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Too. I think that's your core type of guys right there. So there's not going to be a lot of targets going his way. Uh, especially because I think the Chargers are going to run the ball a lot more than they have, especially if they do it successfully. They can lean on a little bit more, which will open up more passing lanes, force the defense to kind of come up. Uh, But, I mean, as a a team that is going to play a lot of two tight end sets, uh, you'll probably see some more um, 21 personnel, so two running backs. Hello? Oh, sorry. You. My uh, screen went. Lights went my up. screen went dark. Uh, but I have I, one second. <laughs> uh, I have the the Chargers kind of uh, taking kind of a slow approach to him. Um, right now, I have them projected him projected at forty receptions, uh, five hundred twelve yards, four touchdowns, uh, and I think he's going to be kind of a big red zone threat to kind of start. Um, but I, I mean, could he jump Josh Palmer on the depth chart? Absolutely. I just don't see him getting as many opportunities without some sort of injury. And our wide receiver core has been susceptible to that. Uh, I think this is going to be more of a breakout year in year two, depending on what happens um, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and our salary cap situation next year. Uh, the Chargers went and drafted in the second round. Uh, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him, Tuli Tui Pelotu. Uh, talk about kind of what he brings, his uh, his power, his strength, and really the yeah. need that the Chargers had to have somebody with Khalil Mack and uh, Joey Bosa. Yeah, um, I love this pick. I thought it was, as for one, I, I liked the guy. Um, I thought we needed an edge in those first two picks, um, so the fit was there. And then for him to be there when we were selecting it too, I thought there was chance that he would sleep, slip into the last, a guy who leads the nation in sacks coming from a power 12 school, like USC coming from the, the, the PAC 12 
seeing a guy like that go with 13 and a half sacks last year, go in the second round is an absolute steal. So we got an absolute animal and he checks a lot of boxes that versatile, super strong and a pass rush beast. And all three of those things we needed, we needed, we had so many injuries along the defensive line last year. And we're able to generate no type of pass rush outside of Khalil Mack. Um, Joey Bosa only played for a little bit, but outside of Khalil, we had some spurts from a Vinoy and uh, good games from Tranquil and uh, Derwin James every once in a while, but edge guys weren't impacting the game. And so we needed some, we needed a, we needed some type of, of, backup plan in place for the fact that Joey Bosa has had injury concerns and he he's getting older. Khalil Mack is not a young buck anymore. Um, very, very productive still, but he's not going to be there forever. So you need to have some type of gives you that he is going to be a phenomenal rotational pass rusher. And as of his verse, the, the really infatuated with his ability to bump inside I'm really excited for a front that sees Morgan Fox and Thule in the middle with Khalil and Joey Bosa rounding out the edges. That is going to be nightmares. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to crumble. He is not going to play that day. He's going to be injured that game. Nobody wants to play a, a defensive line like that. Um, so he's got a lot of uh, reps early on because he could play a lot of different positions. Um, and I have this new added... As soon as Staley came in, he was like, I need to, I need a great offensive line. I need a great defensive line. Okay, now I have those. Now I need to build the depth in the core. Good teams have 10 guys on the line, both both phases, and we're starting to build that. So I think Tui is a great, great depth piece. He's, I think, instantly slotted in as number edge rusher, um, and I think he could make a run in camp as a number two in the interior, especially with – Austin Johnson and uh, Otito coming back from from severe leg injuries um, last season. So I think it's a tremendous addition, especially where we got him. And I'm excited to see the young guy get get to work because he absolutely terrorizes. I think he led the nation in, in both sacks and quarterback hits. And so this dude doesn't just pressure the quarterback. He makes he gets makes contact and he makes impactful plays. And I'm excited to see that let loose, you know, next year in the powder blue. And the guy gets to stay local because he's a USC kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next biggest need on the depth chart was edge uh, after finding some other wide receiver to help the offense fix the struggles that they had. When you take a look at Joey Bosa's injury history, the groin injury he had early in the year last year, really puts the Chargers in precarious spots opposite Khalil Mack. PFF graded the Chargers run defense the third lowest in the NFL, allowing 144 yards per game. Uh, that's just only slightly worse than 2021 when they allowed 138 yards per game. It's been a major yeah. issue since at least 2018. Like the Chargers have not been able to stop the run. And Tuli Tui Pulotu was the defender they selected in the second round. Flexibility to kind of move and play multiple positions to help fix that issue. 6'3, 266 pounds. I mean, he's got good size and, uh, I just don't know where they're going to have him play primarily. I think they called him as an edge rusher. Uh, his weight measured in at a combine, though, was not the same weight he played at U USC. Uh, a lot of people estimated that he played closer to 285, 290, likely toned to test better at the combine, show that he was an edge because, honestly, that's where the money is, right? Like, if you're 
kind of a yeah. dual player. You want to play the primary position. It's going to get you paid more. And edge rushers by far get paid the most. So it makes sense that he's really trying to solidify his role uh, going into the combine and tell everybody, hey, I'm an edge rusher. Um, over the last season, 46 tackles, 22 tackles for loss. He gets in the backfield and he makes – he's very, very disruptive back there. 13 and a half sacks, yeah. 29 stops. He made a lot of plays behind or at the line of scrimmage, forcing, like, bad offensive plays. Uh, I think the biggest draw to him is just strong, powerful hands, gets off contact to get around defenders and find the ball carrier. He's an excellent tactician at swiping balls, getting into gaps, getting around tackles toward the quarterback. Uh, he's got a really strong lower torso, generates a ton of power, drives defenders backwards, plays with great effort every single snap, brings it literally on every down. It's a major reason why he was able to, to stack so much production on the stat sheet. Uh, he led all edge rushers and sacks you were talking about and top 10 in total pressures uh, with 56. Makes himself available through Jeez. in every game, played 30 straight games over the last three years, even through some minor injuries. Uh, showed a lot of discipline to me not, not be called for penalties two over the last three years. That's it. Lined up off the edge, 72% of his snaps last season over the tackle on 18. And then he even lined up on the interior in the A-gap in goal line situations. In Staley's scheme, he has an opportunity to play kind of the same role Morgan Fox has. Uh, Morgan Fox last year played primarily in the middle. Uh, but if you go back to his time with the Rams, he was an edge player for them uh, when injury asked him to do that. He's very similar to Morgan Fox in terms of you know, what he's good at. Um, I think that the biggest drawback is kind of that length. He's not really a lengthy defender uh, and he's not very bendy. He uses his hands to win in pass rush. He doesn't use bend to really turn the corner, force the, the quarterback to get up uh, into the pocket. Uh, he, he uses his hands and he's, he's a really good tactician at that. I think one of the biggest issues with them, he missed 31% of his total tackle attempts. That's a big, large amount. Um, which actually is also kind of impressive because think about how much production he had and then how much he left off the stat sheet. So uh, him being able to develop and finish some of those plays is it's the only reason why he wasn't a first round draft pick in the same light as Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson um, showed out as an all American PAC 12 defensive player of the year. What are your expectations for him uh, going into the season uh, is he going to play a pretty significant role or is it going to be more of a development year for him? I mean, how much playing time are you expecting him to see uh, with our defensive depth chart the way it is today? Yeah, I think uh, two ways it can go. Uh, um, developmental year, that, that's good for the Chargers because that means Austin Johnson and Otito are fully recovered from their injuries. And so they're going to demand some significant minutes. Um, it also would mean that, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day is developing some more pass rush um, as opposed to just being a run stuffer up the middle. Um, now, if any of those guys struggle, then you're, you're going to see a, a significant um, number of snacks for him. Because I think he's instantly ahead of the depth chart as far as Chris Rumpf. I think Chris Rumpf is great. He's, he's, we can continue to develop him. He has shown that he doesn't deserve consistent snaps. Um, and I like what Thule can bring. You, you, 
you mentioned the power. He is easily the hardest hitting as far as hand fighting. He's the best hand fighter in this edge class because he just knocks he just knocks hands away. He is somebody you do not want to get in a fist fight with. And maybe he's not as explosive as a Joey Bosa or Cleo Mack off the edge, but he doesn't give up. He has a, a high motor, and he is a load to stop once he gets rolling. So I, I, on top of that, he can get after the quarterback. He was a 19.2% pass rush win rate last year. Um, so I think he's instantly going to be edge three. He's going to get the, the third most snaps behind J- Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack on that position. I think it's a developmental year. If those interior guys stay healthy. If not, you're going to see Thule line up edge middle a lot and you're going to see him as probably one of the the go-to defensive linemen regardless of positions um, so i think you could see him in a six-man role if the middle of those interior guys that i mentioned before uh, aren't healthy or not you know cutting not cutting it as far as a production standpoint before we get and talk about diane henley uh, i kind of want to bring in a quick ad uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Mahler bros take you one minute Hi, everybody. Captain Lou here. Hey, if you're like me, you want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. While Mariler Brothers Golf has polos that look good and feel good with their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel good and look just as good. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to get your golf game better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mailer Brothers Golf Signature Polos. Mailer Brothers Golf has a large catalog of photos with designs for those who want a loud design or maybe more of a sleek and subtle looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience that much better. Hey, when you're at MailerBrothers.com, Make sure you use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your discount. That's the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off. MailerBrothers.com, your place to go for polos and making yourself look good on the golf course. And again, use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off. That's MailerBrothers.com. Totally forgot. I actually wanted to talk about my expectations for Tuli, but... um... Segway anyways, uh, so I think he's going to play a pretty big role in Brandon Saley's defense. Uh, with Joey Bosa's injury history, Khalil Max also 32 years old. I think he's primed to play quite a bit in 2023. Uh, his flexibility to play on the interior get, provides even additional reasons for him to get on the field, especially with third and long situations. Uh, he's a player that you can line up into the A-gap uh, over the tackle and let him uh, stunt and, and get outside or even just hold his point of attack and try to force uh, defenders into the lap of the quarterback, really limiting the amount of time that a quarterback has to throw on third down. Uh, I think he's going to jump Chris Rump on the depth chart, especially just easily for playing time. I, I just think he's a more physical player uh, and that brings something that is needed on the Chargers defense. Type of player that should help fix the run defense issues early in his career. Uh, and I think he's got Pro Bowl potential. He's a pretty likable guy. He's kind of funny. He's talking about um, – I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch him and Dion Henley's uh, press conferences, but he's just talking about, like, you know, one of his favorite moments was getting three sacks against Wazoo <laughs> and the two kind of just kind of going back and forth against each other. Uh, my projected stats for him, I've got 68 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. That's a lot of production for a rookie, especially some guy who's not going to be – a starter right away, but yeah, I mean, if you look at 
his ability and how much he could potentially be on the field in passing situations. I mean, you're going to see a guy who's probably going to be lined up on the opposite side of Morgan Fox and those, you know, five uh, defensive lineman sets, and he's going to go and, and get some pressure on the quarterback. So uh, I think he's going to play a lot more than, than the depth chart would suggest. Uh, and I think that, you know, being able to, to keep Khalil Mack healthy and fresh for the length of the season at 32 years old just makes a lot of sense to give Thule, you know, 10% of the snaps um, at edge and another 10% lined up on the interior somewhere and just let him go to work and, and get some playing time and really develop into the monster that I think that he could potentially become. Uh, the Chargers drafted in the third round uh, Wazoo linebacker Diane Henley. This is one of the guys that you covered during our uh, linebacker episode. Uh, you've got a lot more mm -hmm. knowledge than I do on him. Go ahead and tell me everything you need to tell me about Diane Henley. I, I was excited to get Dion. Um, Drew Tranquil leaving what, what was a bummer. Um, but Dion is absolutely what teams, especially going away from the traditional three linebacker sets that we used to just dominate, uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Um, it's all about getting after the, the passer these days and having one guy to roam the middle of your defense. And for that role, you need a guy who has – great instincts and great coverage skills. And Dion Henley has, despite being only playing the position for three years, he has all of the potential to develop into the next great coverage linebacker. Um, and I think it fits his skill set. I think fits tremendously with what Staley wants to do and what the chargers are missing. Um, the, the the first thing I, I think that comes out in Dion's game is he is an offensive skill position player first. He has great instincts. He knows how routes are going to develop. He knows where guys want to be. He knows that guys don't want him in certain places. And so he is very, very disruptive at the point of catch before the ball even gets into the air. He has all of those instincts. Uh, it's almost like a third sense. Beyond that, the dude is very, very strong. And despite being new to the defensive side of the football, he could be one of the best tacklers that we have on this team. The dude does not miss tackles. And he brings... Tremendous play strength. He brings uh, tremendous technique. Once he gets his hand on you, you are wrapped up. You are not going anywhere. He has the vice grip type of, of draw on guys, and he is just dragging them to the ground. He missed 8.2% of his tackle attempts during his entire career. And so he uses those long, long 33-inch arms um, to get guys. And so I think he's going to I, – I think especially where he's at, on the depth chart, we got Eric Hendricks to kind of take down that everyday role. I think you're still going to see us continue try to con uh, develop Kenneth Murray. You got Amin Ogbeniga and Nick Neiman as solid depth pieces and um, special team guys. But as a, as a team who struggled consistently on broken tackles, a team who was great in coverage but just couldn't get the guy down, I think Dion instantly, he transcends our coverage teams, which have taken so much, ha have progressed so much these last couple of seasons. Um, I think Brown's going to become a, a tremendous coverage player year one um, with the with his potential and, you know, newness to the position. I think he eventually becomes the every down linebacker that, that is coveted in, in Staley's system, a, a ball hawking line, sideline to sideline 
can do it everything's not going to miss tackles type of linebacker but day one uh, i think you get a great coverage player to add to a an up-and-coming uh, special team unit since 2017 the chargers have had a different starting linebacker it's or crazy. duo in every year so this year it's going to be eric kendrick's and it's going to be a single starting linebacker because the Chargers only typically have one on the field. Last yeah. year is Drew Tranquil. The year before that, it was Kaiser White. Now, if you go back to the Gus Bradley days, it was Kenneth Murray and Kaiser White in 2020. 2019, it was Thomas Davy, uh, Davis and Denzel mm -hmm. Perryman. Then 2018, Perryman and Jatavius Brown. 2017, it was Denzel Perryman and Hayes Pillar. So the Chargers have had no consistency at the linebacker position because every year they're cycling through those guys. Linebacker in recent years has been slightly better, moving more toward that single starter under Brandon Staley than having the Mike-Sam uh, duo under Gus Bradley. But the issue of consistency uh, kind of remains. It, Kendricks is not going to be a long-term answer at 31 years old. He's under contract for two years. Uh, Kenneth Murray fails to really build on – I what I thought was a pretty positive rookie season, but he hasn't progressed and developed the way that you'd hope. Uh, now we're headed toward he's kind of headed toward first round bus territory uh, in his probably his final season wearing powder blue. He's close. Chargers drafted. What's up? What do you say? No, I was just I was a little delayed. I, I was a little delayed, but I, I you said he is the first round bus waiting to happen. I said he's he's pretty close. He needs to figure it out, uh, and he has one more yeah, year. Yeah, this prove is it. his last year. This is his last year to prove it. Um, and I think that he's going to be ahead of Henley on the depth chart because I think he's got the size and same athletic ability, and he's got a lot to play for entering a contract year. Usually, year four is where players figure it out or they just become career backups. So this is his last year to really figure it out. Chargers drafted Henley to develop into a capable starter. Hopefully uh, he can become kind of a mainstay for us for a little while so that we can get that position figured out. Physically, uh, six foot, six one and seven eighths, uh, six foot and seven eighths, 225 pounds. He's one of the smallest, lightest, lightest linebackers you'll see drafted in any year. His play style, all speed and agility, 4-5-4-40, exceptional. Um, the NFL is moving towards smaller, faster linebackers who can cover large areas of the field in pursuit very quickly. Plus, they want really coverage ability because it is a passing league. He's got long arms. It helps with batting down balls. He's really explosive. I mean, 35-inch vert at his size, pretty damn good. Broad jump, at, especially at his, uh, at his position as well. Ultra-athletic, and that's just how he plays. Six years of college football experience, and he's only 23 years old, so that's a lot of production, and he's still pretty young. Last year, he had 106 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, four sacks, an interception, three forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. So his, his production all over the place. Uh, 94 tackles last year with uh, – or the year before that with uh, Nevada – two tackles for loss, four interceptions, three fumble recoveries, two defensive touchdowns, production, production, production. But he was a safety. He was a nickel. He was a wide receiver. He was a quarterback in high school. His, his knowledge of the game has to be so much higher than everybody else because he knows everybody's yeah. responsibility. That's not offensive line, defensive line. 
It's the only thing he's not played. He was even a running back in high school. So, like, he did it all. Charged up athlete, great speed, chases down ball carriers from behind. He's got really good gap discipline. He plays much bigger than his size would suggest. And he scrapes really close to the line of scrimmage, rarely out of position. And he uses agility to beat blockers. He dips into gaps and he clogs up holes. While he not have, may not have the prototypical play strength, he's just not the biggest guy, he's not afraid to take blockers head on. And he's got in, great instincts to be a formidable run stuffer. Um, he's a grab and drag tackler. Um, he's not really a, a knock you back type of guy. He's going to, to uh, alligator uh, spin you to the ground. It's just what he does. Um, he also he's had a knack for being disruptive. He, Go ahead. He is dead weight, right? He's just dead weight. He just hangs on you just like a sandbag. It's a wet sandbag. And it works. It totally works for what he does. He's got 40 he's stops good with it. in back. 40 stops in back-to-back seasons. He's really underrated uh, with his ability to generate turnovers, three forced fumbles, and five interceptions over the last two years. That's pretty good ball production and, and getting the ball to your offense. Uh, super versatile. Uh, talked about all the positions. Um, instincts uh, will need to develop further for the hooks and curls specialist that he is. He just hasn't played the position very long to be good and coverage at the role that he does. That's not saying he's bad at it. It means that he's only done it for a short period of time and it's going to develop and continue to develop because he was a defensive back for a while there. Um, I think the biggest knock is going to be the size disadvantage. It's going to be a major talking point early in his career. Uh, He carries a really cut up low body fat frame, but the size disadvantage of being nearly 100 pounds lighter than the offensive lineman in front of him, he's going to get washed out in the run game. It's just going to happen until he's able to get with the training staff and, and bulk up a little bit uh, underrated as a, a pass rusher, 18 pressures, three sacks last season. Uh, I think it needs to be refined further. I think he just uses agility to kind of beat guys, but if he gets hands on him, uh, he's going to lose more often than not until he's able to, um, you know, get a little bit stronger and bring some more play strength to him. Um, not a player you're going to want in short yardage situations, Running backs are going to churn out those extra yards on contact. So what are your expectations? What do you think Deion Henley is going to uh, play as a role for the Chargers? In my mind, I think he's going to be third on the depth chart, uh, potentially even lower because you've got other guys who are also ultra-athletic behind him. You're talking about linebacker. Um, we drafted out of Iowa in the sixth round a couple years ago. Nick, What's his name? Nick Neiman. And yeah. then... You need a Aiming thumper. Amen Agumiga is a big dude. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, do you think he's no. going to jump Nick Neiman? I, I feel like I've liked Nick Neiman from what I've seen from him. Yeah, I like Nick Neiman. Uh, I think Dion kind of gives you – I think Dion's in a developmental role, and, and we, we took him where we did because we believe in his potential. Three years playing a position. I, I know he has a lot of, of experience. That 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 is not a whole that that isn't there's not a whole lot of stock in his his game. Um, I think he brings tremendous versatility, so we're gonna find a spot for him. Um, I think day one it's gonna be a coverage guy, um, and they're gonna rotate him inly. What I'm excited about is his potential, um, and especially just coming from from Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray is. 
a lot stronger, a, a lot stronger contact and would could be active run stuffer. He just picks, he consistently picks in. He's always in the wrong place. Dion's the exact opposite. And yes, he could get blown back easy and early in his career, but he's going to at least be in the place, same the right place. And that's going to slow game speed. That's going to slow running backs um, progression and vision and, and cutback lanes. So I, I don't know. I, I think he day one is going to be one of our best coverage guys. Um, I think he's going to be on the same type of level as Nick Neiman was when he got elected to the spe- as the special team. What did he win? He won like rook. He went to like the all rookie team for for a special team coverage player. I think we could see that again repeated with Dion, um, and we're gonna slowly, slowly ease him into um, into snaps at the defensive side of the ball, just because that's kind of Staley's mo. He's not gonna give guys too much to deal with um even guys who've been playing the position for their whole lives so just given how he's kind of operated the you know spillers the even even he kind of like e to his role i think you're gonna it's not gonna be until late in the year or even next year you're gonna see dion taking significant defensive snaps but i think day one he's gonna be all over the special teams depth chart yeah, I think he's going to be projected to be third on the depth chart behind Eric Kendricks and Kenneth Murray to start his career. I think he could leap Murray um, if Murray continues to, to have issues. But with as much as the Chargers play that 5-1-5, the five defensive linemen, one linebacker, five defensive backs, um, I just don't see him seeing the field very often. Um, and I think Murray's primed for a much bigger role as he enters his fourth professional season athletically like Murray is still a really enticing option and somebody that I actually have is like a breakout candidate. <laughs> you remember a couple of years ago when we first it. started podcasts, I was like, Hey, like Kenneth Murray is yeah. going to lead the NFL in tackles and he's going to become a, an all pro. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I think you even had said at one point, it was like, to get ridiculous. Defensive player of the year. Like, yeah, you have we have six players who could win player of the year, and he was one of them. And I was, yeah. well, you were wrong on that one. Maybe maybe this is the year. Maybe maybe this is the year you get it all right, Tyler. But he's got everything you want out of a linebacker. He's big, like he's a thick, big, muscular. It's freak. baffling. Plays just the mental. I'm hoping, like he has you know no what I hope mental... it is. Let's keep talking about how he he's low he 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 hasn't lived up to expectations and maybe we'll get one of those Nuoso breakout games. Remember when we pissed Nuoso off and then he had two interceptions against the Chiefs and had one of his best games of his careers? Yeah. I mean, I still think <laughs> that Murray has so much potential to be great. I want it to happen. No, I'm a, I I I I I like number, I like the guy, I like the story. Um, he just needs to put it all together, and I'm. I, yeah, I'm, he's got everything you want just out of it, wanting to be a him, superstar. He's very likable, not just because uh, you know I love my team, but like his story is great. We gave up a lot to go and grab this guy. I, I don't know it, if he puts it together. If he's going to be a solid player in this league, um, he puts it together next year. There's no way this year he does it this if, year. If he can't put it to this year. Then he's a he's a he's a rotational guy, a solid two to three piece. If he 
if he's going to be the breakout guy that we went up in, to get, it happens this year. There's no way it happens next year. Um, it, I don't know. There's too much in yeah, his favor. Like he, he needs, needs to, to figure it out. He's I, I want to root no for the injuries. Guy. Yeah, he's got no more injuries. He's got the best prototypical size, athleticism, likable guy. He's great. Then uh, he just needs to. He just needs to make it happen. And I, it's going to happen this year. And Henley is not going to see the field except for special teams. He's going to be a core for special teamer uh, until the, the draft gets him on a, a really yeah. good bulk regimen. Um, for this reason, I think Henley is not just, he's just not going to see the field. Projected stats, 12 tackles, one fumble recovery. It's going to happen on special teams. Uh, and it, I mean, even like Henley is really likable. Like he's a really, really likable character. Everybody seems to love his, his interviews He's kind of funny. And he's um, he's from Crenshaw. Yeah, he's from Crenshaw. So, like, he's got that all going for him. He's in, in a really good position to sit and learn. And, you know, that athleticism just – it 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 really can translate into something kind of special. Um, kind of like a Drew Tranquil coming up, you know, kind of same story in terms of, like, being a, a safety transition to linebacker. Um Henley Henley's going to be a really core player for the special teams. I mean, this guy was a gunner for Wazoo. So he lined up outside and ran with a DB covering him and, and led his team in two seasons in special teams tackle. So it's got to happen. We got to make it happen. In other Chargers news, uh, the Chargers did sign defensive tackle Nick Williams. I don't have a whole lot of notes. I know he played for the Giants last year. I think he got injured uh, like halfway through the year. He's like 33 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Going to be kind of that Christian Covington replacement, somebody that uh, if you need to cut a player during training camp to make room for your 53-man roster, he'll just hang out there on the side until you put whoever you need to on IR, comes back in. So kind of the same situation we had Christian Covington. Just provide some depth to the defensive line on the interior, uh, which I think is is needed probably going to be more of a run stuffer to start his career than he is going to be like a pass rusher at 33 years old at 300 pounds. You've lost any of that ability. So, uh, and then I kind of want to talk about John Johnson signing. So that's got to happen. I don't think it's going to happen soon. He's still out there from John Johnson's point of view. There's no reason for him to sign and go to OTAs. Like he's not going to do that. I uh, probably hanging out trying to see if he can get a better offer, but I highly, highly expect us to go and pick him up uh, either during or after training camp. I mean, he's a veteran. He probably doesn't want to go to training camp, and he'd probably just sign on with whoever uh, looks like the best team uh, going into the season. So I think that he has a real good opportunity to um, to still be picked. I just don't think he has any incentive to sign with anybody right now until a team needs him and comes looking. So. Any thoughts yeah. on Nick well, Williams? I'm do... not sure if you had a chance to learn about him. Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I like the I, – I like putting more bodies in the trenches. Um, but didn't see in the last couple of seasons – couple of, of, of 10 years before Staley. Um, so this this commitment to getting big up front, um, I love big bodies. It's a position that you can't – move around it people are going to get banged up you're going to need a lot of guys there who fill and i'm excited about nick williams he's not going to get a ton of exposure um well hopefully he doesn't get a ton of, of playing time because that means 
Austin Johnson and Otito Ogbun Beniga, who I was mentioning earlier on the top of this podcast, they're going to come back. But he, he does give you a safety valve in case those guys aren't er- ready to go early on. And what I like about the fit for Nick Williams in particular, 2019 was the, the best season to date. He had 60 tackles. He had five sacks um, in just six starts. Or no, six sacks in five starts. Uh, and he did all of that in Chicago with with Brandon Daly as the defensive line coach. So in a familiar place, in, in a, a situation where he's surrounded by guys where he's played his best football, I'm excited for that. also wanted to just hop on the John Johnson train. The Chargers signed three very, very impactful free agents after the draft being last year, being Kyle Vinoy, Bright, and Morgan Fox. So um, not done. We're going to get some bargain guys here, get a couple bargain guys, and they're going to most likely play some big roles. It's however Telesco and Staley view they need some help. Because uh, um, right now I think we got um, – so excited to see the, the the extra veteran pieces they add on, you know, on like that veteran um, after the draft discount, which is inevitably coming. The uh, the position I feel like we still need to continue to add to. I think we need another corner, um, you know, unless you're comfortable just your Taylor yeah. taking those snaps sure. at the slot. Um, JC Jackson probably not going to be ready. He looks good, like in terms of his uh, rehab coming back. Probably still not going to be ready for week one. You're probably looking at Michael Davis, Santi Samuel Jr., and Jossier Taylor being your starters there. Uh, Mack come, let's say, not uh, Mack, let's say J.C. Jackson comes back like week six. I think uh, Asante Samuel is likely going to slide inside, play as, as our nickel corner, and you'll probably have Michael Davis and J.C. Jackson outside. Um, probably could use uh, our, our slot cornerback from last year, um, What's his name? Who was our slot last year? Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan. Yeah, I would like to see him make a make a a a late season signing, come back in, play a significant role for us on the interior, and give us the ability to let Jasir Taylor continue to develop. I think we could use another safety right now. Our our starting three is going to be Derwin James, Aloe Gilman, and JT Woods, probably going to playing an increased role, but based off of what I saw with JT Woods last year, I'm not totally sold on uh, his ability. We'll see how he kind of comes out during training camp. We still have Mark Webb on the roster, never managed to really crack the 53-man lineup. So uh, still an option there if we wanted to do that. Um, and I, I really don't see anything else that we could really add to it. Maybe a, another veteran offensive tackle unless the Chargers are, are really comfortable with Foster Sorrell. Played a couple uh, games for us last year, played fairly well last year. Um, those are kind of the only positions I'm really looking at trying to upgrade. I'm happy with running back. I would love to see us go and sign Dalvin Cook when he's eventually released. Um, I don't think Austin Eckler is going anywhere. No more room at wide receiver. Um, I don't really think there's any room for another tight end. Plus, I don't think anyone is really out there. We got our our interior defender. Uh, we're pretty stacked at linebacker, pretty stacked at edge. Kyle Van Noy, I just don't see a place for him on this Where's team. I feel play? like we're yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of those players that can play multiple positions, gives you some flexibility. But you've got uh, you've got 
four linebackers uh, outside edge rushers and Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, Thule, and Chris Rumpf. And then you've got, you know, a, a good four, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, Diane Henley, Nick Neiman. Um, I just, you know, maybe you find a place for him, but I think that the needs more special teams than anything. And uh, Chris, um, uh, Kyle Van Noy is probably not going to be playing special teams at this point in his career. So I, unless there's an injury during training camp, I don't think he's going to sign anywhere really um, toward until like the middle of training camp. Outside of that, I just don't see a place for him on this roster. So I see a safety need, uh, a, a slot need. Potentially you find the same thing in the same player and you kind of knock out two birds, one stone and, you know, maybe a veteran offensive tackle. And that's really about it in terms of um, late uh, season additions. We're in the middle of rookie ca- training camp is over. Uh, we're in OTAs right now. I think it just started this week. So closing remarks, Zach. No, I'm I'm excited. Uh, next week we get the second half of the draft to break down. Um, I don't know where the, the state of this roster is. Not a whole lot of weaknesses. Guys are getting healthy at the right time. Um, and you go, we got a 27 blown lead to inspire us to greatness. So I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm ready for football. This is an exciting time. Everyone's zero and zero. Everyone has a chance at the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to ride this excitement as well. It lasts. Yeah. So everybody's undefeated right now, including us. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be talking about our last four draft picks. And then the week after, we'll be talking about some UDFAs. And then I think we typically head into breaking down our division rivals rosters. So that's what you get to look forward to as we head closer toward training camp in uh, June. Maybe it's July. I think it's July is training camp. Uh, Thank you guys. And we'll talk to you guys next week.